it can have a tendency to become the end, right? Money is the aim. It's no longer the tool to accomplish what I believe I'm, I'm supposed to accomplish. And when it becomes the end in and of itself, which is not its proper role, it has a grip on our lives um, that can be really unhealthy. And generosity, the act of holding it loosely and giving generously to participate in the lives of helping others uh, just brings not only incredible joy, as you know, Dale, uh, but also it loosens the grip of money over your life so you can live with freedom and contentment and joy. And that's something that Ron has really taught me well. You're listening to Batting 1000 with Dale Vermillion, where heavy hitters from Morgan, real estate, and business share their secrets for lasting success. With your host, award-winning sales strategist and industry icon, Dale Vermillion. Well, welcome back to another edition of Batting 1000, where, as you know, we have the heavy hitters um, in uh, just not just the mortgage industry, but the financial sector. And today I've got a really, really special guest, dear friend for a long time. Uh, today we get to, to have Rob West. And, and let me tell you a bit about Rob before I bring him in. Uh, Rob is the host of the nationally syndicated Money Wise and Money Wise Live. He is heard on 1,700 radio outlets every day. Um, he is the president of Kingdom Advisors, which is an international community of Christian financial professionals. Um, and he's also the primary spokesperson person for the organization. He leads the organization. He, he is just an incredible, incredible man with tons of wisdom. He has dedicated his professional career to work at the intersection of both faith and finance and helping people to really understand how to live a very holistic life financially, how to weave it into every aspect of their faith and their families and their belief. Uh, and I just love this man to death. He previously led a successful faith-based financial services firm, and he speaks frequently on this topic. Uh, he, him and his wife, Julie, uh, live outside of Georgia uh, with their four children. And uh, Rob, welcome to the show. I am so glad to be with you, my friend. We, we we share a common faith and we also share a commonality in having four children. So we, we, we're, we're doing good on both fronts on those. That's exactly right, Dale. It's a privilege to be with you. I share your sentiments and appreciate you being a regular contributor on our program and uh, just really excited to be able to uh, join you for a few minutes today. Well, Rob, you know, I'm super excited about this, not only because we've known each other for a long time and I just, I really, really um, appreciate your wisdom in so many areas, both in leadership for business and your advice when it comes to finances and just life in general. So I want to unpack a bunch of those things today. And let, let's start here. Let's begin by talking a little bit. You know, you, you've dedicated your life to finances and, you know, generally on, on betting a thousand, we'll have business leaders, we'll have uh, people who are uh, influential in different areas of the market. Today is unique because you really bring two sides of the equation. And that is advice on, on the marketplace, on leadership and all those, but also just some personal advice for, you know, the mortgage professionals out there, the, the leaders that are out there listening on how to live out their finances the right way. So let's unpack that for a minute first. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you think are critical in this crazy world we live in today with coronavirus, with, you know, high inflation, with a changing economy, with all of the factors we're dealing with. What are some of the key things that you think are critical for people listening today to think about when it comes to finances and when it comes to giving, something you and I share a lot. I wear my love, give and go shirt today in, in honor of you. Um, we share that, that love too. Just kind of give us a little bit of perspective on that. 
Well, I'd be happy to. And, um, you know, this is a topic, obviously, that I'm incredibly passionate about. And I think to your point, Dale, um, there is a lot of confusion in the marketplace. We find ourselves in interesting times, although I'm not sure that every decade hasn't had its interesting times, but this one has its own set of uh, challenges. And so I think, you know, one of my key messages is to keep it simple. Um, to really make sure we keep the main thing the main thing and go back to the basics, the blocking and tackling, if you will, of finances, which basically says that among all of the opportunities we have to use the resources we've been entrusted, it really comes down to four big ideas. There's the money we live on, the money we give, the money we owe, and the money we're growing. And uh, as we unpack each of those areas, we can see wise principles that we need to apply in each of them. And really, if we just do five simple things, we live on less than we earn, which is harder to do than it sounds, as you know, but it's the key to every financial success. And we minimize the use of debt, meaning we use it where it, only in cases where the economic cost is less than the economic gain and we have unity with our spouse and we can talk about some of those principles but we're minimizing the use of debt uh, we're having some margin in our financial life meaning uh, you know we have the ability to uh, do things beyond the day-to-day -day. we can pursue our goals through that margin and surplus that we have and that requires intentionality it also requires that we protest against the tendency uh, for our level of spending to always rise to our level of income, um, which is, is challenging to do in and of itself. We want to set long-term goals, so we need to know where we're going so we can ultimately get there and we want to give generously. And if we do those five things, live within our means, minimize the use of debt, uh, have some margin or some surplus in our financial life, set long-term goals and give generously, I know it sounds really simple, but I think that gets us then on a path to accomplish the things that we would like to accomplish uh, with our finances. Awesome. awesome. Th th those are great five, just fundamental, um, very, very powerful tips for people to follow. L let me ask you this question because, you know, you you're, you're on national radio programs across the country every single day, 1700 different radio stations you're, you're reaching each day. That is a lot of people that you're talking to on a daily basis. You are well in touch with the economy and the market. You know, when we're looking at uh, the mortgage market, um, as we go into 2022 here, uh, we're seeing a major shift uh, with interest rates rising. Th that's going to have an impact on production for refinances. It could change um, the income of some of the mortgage professionals who in the last two years have had, you know, incredible years with incredible growth, have been able to, to really uh, be very successful from a financial standpoint. But I think this is a time where there's some wisdom we need to really heed about, you know, making sure we have reserves and making sure that we're saving properly and making sure we're thinking ahead. I would love to get your thoughts for those people listening who've come off of a couple of great years. And, you know, even though I'm teaching people every day how to master this coming market and how to continue to succeed, there is a possibility that incomes are going to reduce a little bit in the coming year. So what would be your, your one or two top bits of advice to, to those individuals today? Yeah. Well, I think it always comes back to having a plan, Dale. I know you talk about this a lot. You know, it's really critical that you look not only back to reflect on where you've been, and that includes what's working, what's not working in my financial life. I think that includes developing a rhythm of gratitude so we can appreciate what we have and develop this uh, idea of contentment. Not that we want to just settle 
for uh, you know what we have today, and we don't want to try to pursue increasing our income or achieving our goals. That's not what I'm saying. Contentment is just about accepting the provision that we have today, whatever that is, and living confidently within it. But then we want to look forward and say, where are we headed? And you're exactly right. We have some challenges uh, ahead. Uh, we had some headwinds that um, have reared their ugly heads. Some monetary policy is changing rapidly, and that's going to involve rising interest rates. We have obviously inflation uh, that has creeped up, and it's despite what the Fed said around it being transitory, which is their word for temporary, we're seeing that they're now backing away from that, and some of these increases in prices uh, are going to be with us for a while. That's going to create some challenges. We've had a market that's just been roaring on the upside, certainly, you know, the last year, but in the last couple of years, but even the decade before that. And so we're a bit overvalued, even though our economy is still strong, the consumer's strong. And in our place in the world, the U.S. is still incredibly strong and the U.S. dollar. But we've also got some debt issues we're going to have to deal with uh, down the road. I mean, the amount of debt we've taken on in the nation is staggering. And um, we can handle it. I mean, we're still better off than a lot of countries uh, and our economy can support it. But what's the trajectory of this? And what about for our kids and grandkids? And what are they going to be dealing with? So you put all that together. And yeah, I mean, I, I would expect and the people that I trust uh, are saying that the market's going to be at best choppy over the next year. And, you know, could we find ourselves in a situation where, you know, interest rates are a bit higher than they are today a year from now? Absolutely. Could we find ourselves in a recession in a couple of years? Uh, sure. You know, I mean, these economies are cyclical and we've been kind of on this uh, upward cycle here for quite a while now. So what does all that mean? Well, it means I need to be responsible, found faithful, I would say, um, with what passes through my hands. And the only way I can do that is to be planning and projecting and looking forward, going back to those five principles I shared, and then running some scenarios. What would it look like for me to live on 20% less? And how would I need to reorder my finances? Do I have enough margin so that I could absorb some kind of hit like that? Do I have a properly funded emergency fund? I talk about that with a lot of our callers. You know, I'm, I'd love for you to have three to six months expenses in a liquid savings account that's not at the risk of the market because, you, you know, when you need it and the unexpected will come, which that unexpected could be a, a loss of income, uh, all or part. It could be a major expense that was unanticipated. We want to be able to rely on that and obviously not have to tap debt. So I think it's really just about reflecting back, looking forward, planning, coming back to the basics. And it all really is driven by my lifestyle, which I think is the greatest barrier to financial success when we allow lifestyle creep, I call it, to really take, uh, take over and um, allow us to live beyond our means. Well, I love I love that phrase, lifestyle creep. That's a great that's a great visual picture of exactly the problem. And I, and I loved how you talked about contentment. You know, we, we we tend to in an industry that we're in where people can really you know have unlimited incomes for all intents and purposes. You know, contentment isn't always the goal, and it always should be the goal. We we really don't need to have more than than what makes us content. And when we put ourselves in that position, we're really being faithful stewards with the money that that we're given. It's just that simple. Um, you you mentioned something there about overvalued, and and I think that's a key word here because 
We're overvalued in the real estate market. There's no question about it. Property values have gone up, you know, exponentially. Uh, we saw an 18% increase just from September to September this year was the last stat that I saw for annual increase on a national average. That, that's, a, that's a whopping statistic um, when you compare back to previous decades and haven't been in this business almost four decades now. That's one of the highest years of increase we've ever seen. We've seen over 10 years of property value increases. So values are overpriced uh, uh, and overvalued on properties. Uh, the stock market's been overvalued. So we want to be conservative in these times. I think, I think that's a lot of wisdom that you're providing to, to the audience. So let's talk about Kingdom Advisors. You, you, you are the head of Kingdom Advisors. You work predominantly with financial planners. A couple of things I want to unpack in that. I know that uh, you know in, in the audience that listens to this show, many of them are in the mortgage uh, sector. And you know, there's never been a great connection between the mortgage side and the financial planner side, and there should be. I tell the story all the time. Back when I was uh, a manager running loan officers, I, I built a connection with a, um, with a CPA who literally I made a loan to. And, and the loan was fantastic, changed their life. I was helping them to pay off debt, helped them to get out of debt sooner, reduce their term on their mortgage from a 30-year loan down to a 15-year loan, You know, did all the right things for them, helped them build a college fund. And when I sat down with that CPA and said, you know, how did it go? He said, really good. I said, well, would you be willing to refer me to your, to your clients? He said, yeah. I, in fact, I'll send an endorsement letter about you. I said, well, how many clients do you have? He said, 1,100. <laughs> and I said, that'll work. And literally, um, within a matter of two weeks, I got over 120 applications from that one CPA who then introduced me to five financial planners, five more CPAs, ended up being hundreds of millions of dollars in business over a period of time. So the financial planning community is an incredible community when it comes to the synergies between mortgage because financial planners know everything about their customer's financial situation. The demographics generally are going to be those, you know, higher FICO score, you know, well-established people. Generally, that's who has a financial planner in most cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. And, and it really brings an opportunity in the mortgage sector because millennials are, you know, a huge portion of our business this year in the mortgage sector. Uh, we work with a lot of the baby boomers on second homes and refinancing their current homes. So tell me about Kingdom Advisors. Let the audience know about that. I want to hear more about that, how you started that, how you got involved in that, you know, what is key there. And then talk to us a little bit about where you see the synergies between mortgage and financial planners and how would a mortgage uh, company or a mortgage individual what language should they be speaking to financial planners in order to build that conversation for an opportunity to work together in a referral network? Yeah, boy, that's great. And I couldn't agree more. I think the opportunity for synergistic relationships between mortgage broker uh, and financial professional, be it planner, investment advisor, wealth manager, is enormous. Um, so Kingdom Advisors, um, I... Uh, had a, a, a financial planning and investment firm in South Florida. And we, from the very early on, because of my faith, as you shared, as a believer, a Christian, um, we really specialized in serving other Christians. And so that was kind of our niche market, if you will, uh, trying to help people who've been entrusted with much be wise stewards of those resources to manage that money wisely and give generously. And so um, we built a firm over 10 years, um, you know, with a about 300 million under management and um, you know, we're doing really well serving uh, a group of 
really generous folks. And about halfway through that journey, I heard um, uh, the founder of Kingdom Advisors, Ron Blue, who uh, founded what is today the largest Christian financial planning investment management uh, firm in the country, share the vision of Kingdom Advisors, which was really this idea that um, for those that wanted to serve uh, the Christian market segment, that they would be trained to specialize in the application of a biblical worldview to financial decision making. And that there was a real benefit, not only to the client, but also to the advisor and the firm that employs those advisors when uh, advisors can deliver advice that uh, offers a values match. And the idea behind that is, you know, we also we all have deeply held values and beliefs. And if I hold to a Christian worldview, if my advisor understands that and can give competent financial counsel that aligns with my deeply held values and priorities, everybody wins because now I'm going one level below goals and I'm really getting into the beliefs that inform my behaviors to make sure that the decisions I'm making financially are consistent. Um, with who I am at my core. Um, and it it often doesn't involve different products and strategies. It really is more about the why. You know, it's, uh, it's around the idea that they want to be incredibly generous because that's modeled throughout uh, the Bible, uh, starting with God, who was the most generous and us creating, being created in his image. And then beyond that, thinking about legacy, how do you leave a legacy, not only financial capital, but spiritual and character capital as well? And how do you transfer that to the next generation? And what's a, a biblical perspective of retirement and debt and you know lifestyle, all these issues. And so uh, we set out after I ended up selling my firm and joining Kingdom Advisors and now serving in the role of president, we set out to really create this army of men and women who wanted to be specialists in delivering advice that aligns with the values and priorities of Christians. And um, here we are uh, now, I guess it's been uh, 19 years later, because um, we were founded in 2003, that um, you know we have 3,500 uh, financial professionals that are members of Kingdom Advisors. We've got about uh, 1,500 of those that have earned our designation, Certified Kingdom Advisor, which is now widely accepted throughout the industry, more than 50 firms have approved it for use with their advisors. And what's happening is, uh, which is very interesting, is that the growth of Kingdom Advisors is paralleling, uh, Dale, in many ways, what's taking place in the financial services industry. Because in the age of fee compression, robo-advisors, you know, algorithms that can deliver financial planning and investment management, uh, you know, through a, a computer output, um, the, the advisor is really trying to answer the question, how do I move up the value chain with my clients? How do I add value to this relationship if my primary offering is being commoditized? And one of the ways that financial professionals are doing that, and I assume uh, mortgage professionals are as well, is to specialize in niche markets where there are real planning differentiators and unique planning needs. And so given that our space in this industry is around equipping advisors to serve those who hold to a Christian worldview, um, you know, that's obviously one of the largest niche markets, if you will, out there, because if you look at the Pew religious landscape study from last year, you know, about 68% of Americans will align with the Christian faith in some way. And so it's obviously a huge market segment. Um, so that's really 
you know, what we're all about. And I think, you know, the opportunity is significant. Um, in terms of the, your audience, Dale, I think the key would be, you know, we provide a lot of connecting points for uh, professionals to create community with one another. Um, so we have 250 study groups that meet every month in cities all over the U.S. and Canada. Uh Anybody is welcome to attend those if you're a financial professional, and I would include a mortgage professional certainly in that. And I think the key to your second question is really tied to this, and that is building relationships with one another. I mean, this is obviously a relationship business, not only mortgage professional to client, but mortgage professional to financial planner or mortgage professional to wealth manager. It's all about a relationship. And I think the extent to which they can forge meaningful relationships not only to refer business to one another, but also to understand each other's core competencies. In my experience, every financial planner, and this was certainly true for me, needs a trusted mortgage professional that they have confidence in because this is, let's be honest, the largest transaction their clients will ever have, and they don't want to hand them off to anybody. And so having that relationship is key. So I would love for Kingdom Advisors to be a connecting point of sorts for the folks watching this um, you know, podcast to have an entree and a forum and a community to connect with uh, the 3,500 Kingdom Advisors we have around the country. How would, how would somebody watching do that? What's, what's the best way to connect with you, connect with your organization, connect with the financial planners you have to sit down and talk about, you know, ways to do that. And first off, I, I want to say, I applaud, you know, what you've done and how you guys have really centered a lot of what you do around the importance of giving back, of, of using your wealth for purposes that make a difference. Something that's near and dear to my heart. I know near and dear to your heart. This is a, this is a value we've shared for a long, long time. And, um, so how could people really connect out to you to do that? Yeah, well, I think one of the easiest ways would be just to go to our website, kingdomadvisors.com, and we have a study group search uh, tool there where they could just literally put in a zip code, find the study group of Kingdom Advisor professionals that are near them, and reach out to the study group leader and say, hey, I'm going to attend this month, and you show up and be a part of it. Obviously, those all used to be in person for the most part. Many of them are now virtual. They're slowly becoming uh, more you know, in person uh, in the midst of the pandemic. But um, I'd love for you all just to connect with one of our study groups in a city near you. Hey there, audio listener, producer Jake here. Thanks so much for listening to the public version of this episode featuring renowned advisor and host of the nationally syndicated show, MoneyWise, Rob West. There's so much more that Rob and Dale discuss in the full members-only version. So here's what I need you to do. If you want to listen to the full episode, visit dalevermillion.com forward slash diamond club to join a members-only club that has exclusive access to the full-length conversations Dale hosts with incredible guests. As a member, you'll not only get your own personalized feed to listen to Batting a Thousand in your favorite podcasting app, but access to the full video interview, plus gain access to transcripts, blog posts, and more. Become a Diamond Club member today by visiting dalevermillion. That's D-A-L-E-V-E-R-M-I-L-L-I-O-N.com forward slash diamond club. That's D-I-A-M-I-L-L-I-O-N. M-O-N-D-C-L-U-B. Thanks for listening.